From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Monday, July 25th. A mining company wants to extract lithium from old oil and gas wells in Grand County. The metal is used in electronics, such as batteries, and demand for it is expected to grow. Companies are exploring deposits across the country. That includes the Paradox Basin in southeastern Utah. Justin Higginbottom reports on the potential and risks of using old oil infrastructure in the transition to a greener economy. Those sounds are workers re-entering a previously closed well in Grand County. It's from a video posted to Twitter by Australian company Anson Resources. Their American subsidiary A1 Lithium has a plan to tap brine deposits using old wells. Another video from April shows the salty water being pumped from deep under the ground, ready for testing. Getting a sample from the well into a tote. The hope is that there's enough lithium and other materials in the liquid to make extraction worth it. So far, the company has tested the method in a few wells, but they're looking to expand what they call their Paradox Lithium Project in the region. They've submitted a proposal to the BLM to reopen two plugged wells a couple miles outside of Dead Horse Point State Park. As lithium demand continues to grow due largely to electric vehicles, the Paradox Basin region may attract more business. This area has mineral-rich brine deposits left over from oceans that are millions of years old. The one thing that the BLM needs to recognize is this possibility that this is just the first of of many exploration or development proposals for this area. That's Landon Newell of the conservation group Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance. He says his group has taken an interest in this proposal because it's one of the first of its kind. So the way that we're viewing the project is it's sort of the camel's nose under the tent scenario where on its face it may not appear to be the most destructive or the most environmentally unreasonable proposal, but lurking out there is the reality that this company has more than a thousand mining claims. The company's website says that lithium samples so far meet or exceed battery grade standards in those test wells. They also say southeastern Utah is well positioned to be an American source for electric vehicle and battery storage material. You know, if it were to come back as economically viable, then that could really drive interest in this region. The company needs to build a couple more access roads for this project off State Route 313. That's what they're asking BLM permission for. Newell says that lithium will be important for the transition to a greener economy. But that said, lithium mining... That's not a free pass to just go about on our public lands authorizing any project that comes to the agency's way. Like, this needs to be well thought out. It needs to be the most environmentally protective way of mining in this area. The public review and comment period for the company's proposal on this parcel of land is open through July 27th. Justin Higginbottom for KZMU News. An annual Ute athletic tradition is coming back to southwest Colorado this week after taking two years off due to the COVID-19 pandemic. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Clerk Adomitis has more. In Toyak, the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe is hosting the Ute Games, an annual youth athletic competition. Young athletes from Southern Ute and Ute Mountain Ute Tribes are participating this year. In the past, the event was called the Tri-Ute Games and also included the Northern Ute Tribe. 
Virgil Morgan, the recreation manager at the Southern Ute Community Center, says the games are an important way for young people to bond across tribes. It provided that competitiveness. The youth can get to know one another. So you can go into competing and trusting one another, building relationships. About 60 participants will compete this week. Events are lined up from Monday through Wednesday and will include co-ed volleyball, archery, hand game, and an obstacle course called the Ute Warrior Challenge. Members of the public wishing to attend must wear a mask indoors. I'm Clark Adamitis. A wildfire tore through Superior, Colorado in December. The flames destroyed hundreds of homes before they were extinguished the next day, but the fire left its fingerprints on homes all over town. Even months later, residents whose homes were unscathed had a smoky taste and smell in their water. As Alex Hager reports with our partners at KUNC, that required an expensive fix, the likes of which could be more common for towns and cities across the West. It's a cool, windy day in the foothills. Ripples and waves are blowing across the little reservoir outside of Superior's water treatment plant. Just a few months ago, this place was cornered by flames. All that was was under fire as a, as a grass fire and, and moving and blowing you know, towards us. That's Alex Arinello, the town's public works director. He says a lot of that charred debris landed in this pond. And even though it's small, the water in it reaches a lot of people. If you are turning on a tap in a home or a business in Superior, there's like a 100% chance that that water passed through this reservoir? Oh, yes. Yeah, it all comes it all comes through here. After it passes through that holding pond, it's piped in here, where the water treatment plant removes all the stuff that makes you sick. Under normal conditions, that is all it takes to deliver tasteless, odorless water. But after the fire, it just wasn't enough. The ash gets through. It's, maybe it's microscopic and... Not, uh, you know, these are chemicals that maybe it's not reacting with those, those chemicals. To be clear, the water is safe to drink. It passes all the necessary tests. But Arinello says his department heard from residents upset with the way it tastes and smells. And they call us all the time. This is, the water's terrible and I can't take a shower. You know, they're very afraid about the water. So we're, we're trying to alleviate those fears. Superior is trying to do that by installing big tanks that'll add an extra layer of purification. Just down the road from here, scientists have been working to figure out exactly what kind of filter to put in those tanks. But first, Anthony Kennedy is starting with the cause of the problem. We think this is the source of kind of the taste and odor issues. So you can, I mean, you can kind of stick your head in there if you want. It's a big bag full of stuff pulled out of the reservoir. Little bits of brown grass and brush, mostly charred and black around the edges. And it smells like a campfire. The folks here at Corona Environmental Consulting were contracted by Superior to figure out how to get that smell out. So they've been pushing the water through tubes and pumps to test different kinds of filters. And a clear winner has emerged. We're looking at granular-activated carbon, which essentially looks like black sand, very uniform black sand. That black sand is the same thing that's in your Brita filter at home, and all the tiny burned bits, they stick to the surface of this granular-activated carbon and take out the smoky taste. 
But this whole project is not cheap. Just installing the tanks and pipes for the carbon cost the town one and a half million dollars. But in this town of only 13,000 people, that's a big enough chunk of the budget that other projects had to get put on the back burner. Similar problems and expenses could be on the way for other communities across the western U.S. where wildfires are encroaching. It starts with recognizing that this is likely to be of concern and impact you. Chad Seidel runs the environmental consulting firm working with Superior. He's also an adjunct at the University of Colorado where he got his Ph.D. studying water quality issues. He says wildfires are no longer just a problem deep in the woods. And they just keep getting closer and closer to home. And the conditions under which we experience them are just more and more often. And so communities who might have thought, oh, we're not really in the forest. We don't have to worry about wildfires. That's not the case. Other scientists agree. Climate experts point to the fire that hit Superior as a warning sign that climate change is pushing fires closer to cities and towns and the infrastructure that keeps them running. In Superior, Colorado, I'm Alex Hager. And that's the KZMU News for Monday, July 25th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.